Hi, this is Web37 Daily, a 1.37 p.m. daily Twitter space so, about all things for anybody, NFTs for everybody listening, Welcome, welcome. Um, thank you, Nick, for the jams and, and the intro. Uh, we're going to talk about, I'm not sure who's into tennis. Personally, I love tennis. I've been watching it since I was like five. Um, and my first tennis game I went to was Roland Garros in France uh, when I was seven. So I'm excited to, I've never been to an Aussie Open. But I'm excited to hear about um, the things that are happening in the AO metaverse and what they're doing, how they're innovating, how Australian Open's leading the change there. Um, Sarah, if you want, um, I'll open the floor to you and Ridley as well, just to give a quick intro. And then we'll keep talking. We'll take some questions and then we'll share the POA app with everybody who's listening. And then um, we'll keep it going. Ridley, do you want to go? I'm here. Yeah, hi, everyone. Um, I think, yeah, it was the, the last three months or so has been a really interesting ride, particularly over the last couple of weeks, that uh, around probably late October, early November last year, we, we all sat in a room and said, hey, we need to jump into the metaverse and, and get on uh, the NFT bandwagon. And I think when we sat down and, and thought about what does that mean for a sporting entity which is actually in reality more of an entertainment entity. Um, how do we go about doing that and what's the best path to market and how, do, how can we actually do something that's completely different, completely new, hasn't been seen before, world first? And the way that our, our NFT project came about, I think we, we challenged the norm in the sense of everyone probably thought we were just going to commercialise some, some meteorites footage uh, that we've got from, from 50 years gone by. But then that was sort of the low-hanging fruit, and we thought that's not really the the uh, the mentality that the Australian Open lives by. We we live by this: we're a sports and entertainment organisation first and foremost, but we're also incredible innovative as uh, innovators, and also want to push the boundaries as as far as what's possible. So then we uh, we thought well, we'd better create a virtual world as well, and it's so hard for for people to get to Melbourne. In normal times but that's obviously even incredibly difficult right now with border closures and the challenges of travel so that was where we we bumped into adam from decentraland and and uh quickly built ourselves a, a replica of melbourne park in decentraland where we could give people a taste of the ao from their uh from their living rooms or from their offices or from their couch so uh that's been quite exciting and and over the last two weeks i think we've seen the project develop even further than what we could have imagined when we jumped in a few months ago. So it's been a lot of fun and yeah, looking forward to answering a couple of questions. Love it. Um, to be honest, I on purposefully don't do any research for these spaces just so that we can talk about the things that probably the audience doesn't know about either. And I think you touched on all the important like steps, stepping stones for the audience to have an understanding of what we're talking about here. Um, can you talk more about, because you mentioned the easy way out would have been to get the old footage of AO and talk about the people, talk about the milestones, but your approach and the strategy that you guys have implemented has a lot more layers to, I think, to what you've said, especially with the parcels and all that stuff. So would you mind going into detail how that thought process 
stirred up and also the more detailed pieces of uh, what you guys are doing right now and want to do in the future? Yeah, absolutely. That, um, so I think when we originally started the project, everyone expected us to do footage from years gone by or, or do live footage from, from this year. Um, the biggest challenge with that, particularly in the tennis world, is the player IP that comes with it. The, the tennis world is incredibly fragmented in the way that, that uh, it's built. So all the players are their own entity and they all have their own management teams. They are then governed by the ATP and the WTA, but they have no right to their IP. So that was the biggest challenge that we then thought, well, how do we go around that? And then we got uh, in touch with the team from Run It Wild and they presented a couple of concepts to us and we really had that moment of, wow, we're onto something here, that there was that genuine moment of that's an idea that we need to run with. And that was when they presented to us the art ball. So for everyone on the call, if you haven't seen it, basically what we're, we've done is render art onto a, a 3D tennis ball, uh, literally down to every piece of fluff on the ball being completely one of a kind. So we've got 6,776 art balls that are then tied digitally to a 19 by 19 centimetre piece of the Australian Open Court. And then when a match-winning point lands on that piece of the court, the metadata from the NFT is updated to represent what happened in that match. So who was playing, which round it was in, uh, which competition they were playing in. So whether that's men's and women's singles, doubles, mixed doubles and wheelchairs, we're covering all those events. There's 440-odd matches that are played that we're getting the updated data for. And then that NFT updates in the background and gets a little holographic sticker to show that it was a, a match-winning ball. Amazing. So, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I, I think Adam, uh, who I think looks like he's joined us now, um, can probably talk a little bit more to the tech element of it. But, yeah, mm -hmm. it, it's been a way of engaging an audience with sport on a daily basis through the tournament and, and not even daily. Like there's particularly in the first couple of days, there was over 120 matches that, that people could engage with. And we were really watching to see what was happening with those, those match points. Love it. Before we go to Adam, I kind of want to like put what you said into perspective for everybody listening, because I don't, I can't even visualize how complex or also, also fun what you just said is. So if I have a, a ball, that you mentioned out of the 6,666 and Rafa wins the game in the parcel that I own. How does my metadata change and what does that look like? And how do I know? And how do you guys know that it was under the 19 by 19 place that I own? Yeah. So we we basically get um, a JSON file through from the, the Hawkeye team. So that's the automated line calling technology that we use to call when a ball is is in or out of the court. They provide us with a with basically a 3D representation um, of where the ball tracked and then where it landed. We then mm -hmm. obviously have the, the court divided into 6,776 parcels. And so when that match point comes through, we then uh, align that with the parcel location on the court, down literally down to the millimetre and then update the, the properties of the NFT. So if you were looking in the back end on OpenSea, for example, you'd then be able to see that your ball that you mentioned a moment ago was uh, a Rafael Nadal winning point, 
and let's say it was during the quarterfinals um, from two days ago, uh, that would then get updated with quarterfinal data and a little holographic sticker to show that it was uh, winning a winning ball in the quarterfinals. Hmm. Very cool. And for anybody who, I mean, everybody knows it's called Hawkeye, right? Um, yeah. Yep. Hawkeye is the one that when a, I think a serve is challenged, they can see it on the screen and then the ref can call it. And for anybody who's ever watched tennis, I think that's like a good context point. Um Adam, do you want to add anything to that that uh, Ridley said? Hey guys, um, I'm, I'm still waking up, but um, Ridley <laughs> did, a, did a pretty decent job of, <laughs> of summarizing it. Um, it. It was a lot of fun working with the Australian Open and exploring sort of the unknown of what we could do together. Um, and you know, like uh, sort of from my side, I'm, I'm a smart contract romantic so it's a it's been one of those perspectives to be able to like um you know work with the ao and have us sort of deliver on the most absurd ideas and see how we can make it possible you know like reflecting on it um now that we're leading into the fight you know the, the men's and women's finals um i can't believe like it's just kind of time is just it's like it's just flown by but um you know, the experience itself and seeing it sort of come to life and seeing how the data is, you know, then, um, uh, you know, explored on a, on a, on a 19 by 19 centimeter, you know, plot across the whole court. It's been a super interesting like market research too, because I think leading into, leading into this, we had no clue about where things would land. And I don't think we would ever know exactly when things will land as well. Um, um, but, you know, being able to sort of integrate that into a sort of a gamified aspect on NFTs and uh, be part of the memorabilia moving forward is, you know, it's a nice way to continue to explore the unknown. Um, the AO were super uh, helpful in being able to assist in um, making sure that the data and everything else is funneled correctly and obviously how we could then explore the IP uh, as well. So I, I am waking up and I promise in like probably five minutes um, I'll, I'll have a bit more energy, but I am hand on heart, super pumped that we've been able to deliver it and, um, you know, and, you know, what we've been able to achieve together. It's been, it's been a, a really fun ride um, to say the least, but yeah. Love it. I think from there, I was trying to um, show the audience if they wanted to go to because um, there was, before I joined, I kind of did some research and there's like multiple AO Metaverse accounts on OpenSea that are fake and it's kind of confusing. And I just wanted to make sure anybody who's like interested in what you guys are talking about, Ridley, what's the correct OpenSea account that you guys um, have just so that people don't get dialed into the wrong places? Yeah, so... From uh, the correct website to head to is artball.io. So that'll actually give everyone a really good idea of how the, the project works. Um, mm -hmm. That's got information around uh, like how the, how the concept works, then obviously where, um, where balls are located on the court. Um, and then from an open sea perspective, um, if you search AO space artball, um, It'll come up first as the um, the six seven seven six units that are verified as well. 
Perfect. Yeah. And James, we can probably, yeah, there we go. We can tweet that. Anything other than, because I, I do understand the concept of breaking the court into 67, 6,776 pieces. Um, in the future, do you guys have any plans of con like putting this together and up making it a part of the utility and the games that Australian Open fans are able to join in like specific pieces? Like if they own a specific piece, maybe they just go to the finals or like go into a different a raffle, whatever. Do you guys have any plans that people listening can learn about? Yeah, definitely. So I, I think this was always designed to be a, a longevity project. So there's um, there's so many elements that we thought about when designing the actual project itself that how this flows into the future and how it, uh, how it can relate to both the AO but also the other tennis events that, that exist throughout the year. So we obviously have very good relationships with the other Grand Slams. But then we also run a number of tennis tournaments ourselves that – that we can leverage for both utility and and the gamification element of the the project. So, uh, even in in the next few weeks, we have a, a Davis Cup tie coming up in Sydney. A few weeks after that, we have a, a Billie Jean King Cup tie coming up in Brisbane. We also have a part stake in the Labor Cup, which will be in London this year. So, just as a as a first touch point, we'll give ball holders access to tickets for in real life experiences there'll be benefits that come through merchandise and and other partnerships in market as well so we're um we're an incredibly well networked organization both from a, a broadcast perspective but also a partner and sponsor perspective uh, we've also got great connections into hundreds of, of global brands that we're talking to quite regularly about potential partnerships as well so the last uh, the last two weeks has been very much focused on uh, executing the uh, the initial ball drop and then getting the data through the system into uh, to update the the balls in real time, but we've also been focusing on what comes next as well. And I think that's been a really important aspect of the project is that this does not stop at the end of the Australian Open this year. Um, the mm -hmm. longevity of the project is is here to stay for sure. That that's yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I want to get a few questions up, just so that people, like me, who are tennis fans, can ask the questions directly to you guys. Absolutely. And while we do that, I just want to make sure, Sarah, Adam, Ridley, we covered everything that you guys wanted to chat about, because sometimes um, things lurk in the mind of our, and then we we kind of like come to them after, but. We can take questions and then come back to them after as well. Just wanted to make sure we cover everything that you guys want to talk about. I'm happy to just hear hear any questions, and I know that they kind of lead into other ways to explore conversation. Um, sure. And also, just to let you know, if, um, OpenSea have now taken down all three fake accounts from, uh, so so it would be safe to look at the verified account on uh, OpenSea cool. uh, moving forward. Love it. Any questions from the audience that we can take and even from the team, we can just ask questions because it's obviously a different, we generally talk to emerging NFT artists, photographers, and AO metaverse and AO art ball is much different. And obviously we should, we should ask a few questions. 
And while we do that, Nick, you want to give away the POAP so everybody listening can get the POAP. I just don't want anybody to miss it. Sure thing. So, hi, everybody. This is Nick Anderson. And here is the code for the POAP. Now, before I give it, just make sure this code is only redeemable through the POAP app, which can be downloaded on your phone. And once that's all set up, um, you can put in this code. And the code is the future of tennis. All one word, all lowercase. The future of tennis. And again, one more time, you can redeem this Poe app through the Poe app app on your phone. Once it's downloaded and set up, you can enter the code in the lower right-hand corner to mint the secret phrase. And the secret phrase is the future of tennis. The future of tennis, all lowercase, one word. Perfect. Thanks, Nick. Let's see if people have questions. Of course. Um, really, are you guys? Do you guys have POAP apps on ready to go? You guys ready to roll? Yep, good to go. Nice. You got it. <laughs> Come on, Ridley. Pressure's on. <laughs> this is like it pushed my technology skills here. When I first jumped on a Twitter space two weeks ago, I was trying to log in on my desktop instead of my phone. And mm-hmm. that was, uh, yeah, really my first foray into uh, Twitter spaces. And the guys gave me a little bit of grief for that one. Uh, it was a character building exercise. With <laughs> your biggest well, uh, losses are sometimes your biggest lessons. Absolutely. And there's nothing <laughs> worse to lose <laughs> than the opportunity <laughs> at a Poe app. <laughs> They're quite addicting. I had another I think um, about. I go for it. I had another question about the plots that you mentioned, Renly. Um, Obviously, I don't know the math behind it, but I'm curious. The place of the court and where the plot is depends on... I'm sure there's a math behind, oh, this area gets more game-winning points or probably like aces, whatever. So the rarity or the scarcity of the plots change depending on where they are on the court is what I'm assuming. Good question. So the the court has been completely divided into six, seven, seven, six parcels. So there's no overlapping parcels in, in that sense. Um, when the balls were minted, uh, you couldn't choose the position on the court. We used Chainlink to randomise the, the balls onto the court. Um, so, yeah, then you can obviously repurchase locations uh, on the secondary market and you can see the location that that you're purchasing um the what we've actually seen in the data and you can see this on uh, artball.io is the locations in which all the winning balls have landed uh it's an incredible spread i i think we expected there to be more hot spots um like you said around the where the aces might land or or whatnot but the data has actually shown that pretty much in the the back sort of three quarters of the court has, has dominated the location for the winning shot. But I think what we also wanted to create with this project was, was, I guess, um, imagination beyond just where your court location is. So that's where I think the tie of the art 
the sport, the data and the technology brought this all together really nicely because you can have a court location in the tram tracks or under the net, for example, that yes, that could be a winning point, but it could also be a limited edition artwork or it could be a, a one of a kind from a, a local artist that created it or it could be a, a piece of Australian open artwork from years gone by that we wrapped onto the ball. So we wanted it to um, to be more than just where the winning balls landed and some of the, the larger sales, for example, that we've seen on, on open sea have been for <clears throat> not great court locations but incredible artwork. Understood. So, yeah. Do and that think about all of that yeah that's what i was curious about because when you when i look at the traits if i wanted to buy a legend ball type obviously it's starting from much higher than the floor price and i was curious if that legend ball type is directly correlated where that parcel is located on the court but you're saying it's completely scattered all over we use um chain link uh, vrf to um randomize the core positions with the token IDs. So um, we had, there was not one human fingerprint to know where these, you know, the pieces of artwork, no matter if they're generative legend IP or um, art curated, would be associated with a, you know, a plot on the court itself. So, um, you know, the data geeking me, just was super intrigued to see how this would all be spelled out. But um, yeah, it's, um, it was it was completely random and sort of gave it a completely fair chance across the board about where you would uh, where where the mint would happen and and what would then be allocated in terms of court position. I was doing some. I was just had a quick look now and like there's only one um, one ball that has been hit three times um, hmm. across the whole tournament, and then there's 18 that have been hit twice. So leading into these final few games, um, or final few matches, it, I can't see it being more than one ball being hit more than three times at this point. But um, super intriguing. Love it. I'm starting to wake up, by the way. It's good. Great job. <laughs> Danny, I Danny, can confirm that I've question? got my PO app too. Nice. Good job, Ruben. Well done, Ruben. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. The future is tennis. <laughs> it is early here in uh, in Australia at the moment for uh, all our international listeners. We're at seven thirty a.m. We've uh, we've already had one call this morning, which uh, woke us up a little bit. But yeah, we're still uh, we're still getting there. I need a coffee. Uh, I need a strong coffee. We're uh, we're two weeks into the event as of this weekend, so we're uh, we're living on fumes at the moment. It's amazing what you learn um, about someone when you start working with them in a capacity like this. And um, I just, I, I never knew that there was a human that could, um, you know, drink caffeine the way that Ridley does. Um, <laughs> there's a three, you know, like, like I, and you know, like I'm, I've got an ethnic background. So uh, an espresso, which is a double shot, is something that, you know, like I'm comfortable about drinking, but I'm, you know, it, 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 he's a he's a special case, Ridley. He's got like a three oh, shot please. desire. <laughs> That's so great. Love it. So, Danny, you want to ask your question if you can hear us? Yeah, can you hear me? Yep, you're good. Hey, uh, I don't know if it's already been asked or explained, but I just wanted to know how long till you guys came up with the idea 
till and then from the idea to where you guys completely uh, finish the project to mint. Um, okay, really, so were you yeah, able to hear? Yeah, yep, I got that. Um, Adam, you can. Adam can probably talk to this one as well. So I can give a a, a more overarching timeline. So um, it was probably. I think first week of November, we started sort of going out to market to try and find a partner to to bring this to life. We didn't have the idea at that time, but we were sort of exploring what what the possibilities might be. Uh, and then I reckon probably late November, early December, we caught up with the Run It Wild team and they pitched some ideas at us. I think it was almost instantly we we had that this is an amazing idea moment. We need to run really quickly at getting this done. Um, and then we pretty much had, I would say, a four to six week lead time between coming up with the idea and then implementing it prior to the open. I think what in that very short space of time, it, it helped us a lot because it it meant we had to make really quick decisions and uh, it it probably also meant that there weren't too many stakeholders involved. So we could make those decisions really quickly and on the fly. And it, it, it truly had to be yes or no decisions because we had a date that we were running towards. We knew the event was starting on the 17th of January and we knew we wanted to mint two or three days before that. So it allowed time for people to collect their balls and then potentially move their court positions as well. So um, yeah, it was a very short short turnaround. Adam, do you want to add anything to to that? Yeah, when you just said that, I, went, I almost vomited. Like, just <laughs> about the time. God. Um, yeah, look, I, I think from memory, it was about middle of November when we were discussing things, uh, and then we sort of went into a very quick sprint at the start of December. But I usually talk about the fact that you know we're a team of like 300 spartans that sort of all like-minded and we're able to sort of get moving very quickly on this and just do it you know work through christmas and new year to make it happen but it was highly inspiring to put it together so the challenges of time didn't really exist till you sort of reflect on it now in a weird way um but yeah it's a phenomenal team and the fact that ridley came from like He's a fellow ape, you know, in many ways. He's, you know, like he's got some DJ qualities about him um, and he's, he's played within the NFT space for some time. It was a really great sort of conversation um, initially to then, you know, really exploring what it meant in terms of the value um, it, it could bring to a holder and, you know, the experiences that we wanted were very like-minded on. So it wasn't a challenge, I don't think, in terms of getting the concept and then having the support. The AO were phenomenal and Ridley, hands down, was just amazing to make it possible. Um, but, you know, like our, our sprint was inspired by the fact that, you know, like we wanted to deliver something that... Um, could build confidence within the community within or external from NFTs um, to sort of see how the technology could be explored when considering, you know, data meets, you know, blockchain meets art. Um, but, you know, I do think that, you know, we look at it and it was a, a short time frame, but the amount of hours that we put in, just ridiculous probably. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think we got there, um, but, you know, the fact that now we've got this amazing case study, uh, the and I'm probably speaking out of turn, but you know, like um, 
the AO have experienced what's possible now. And Ridley, we, we laugh about it, but I remember launching and um, which was only two weeks ago. And then, you know, Ridley sending an email the day after about ideas and what he wanted to do next. And I was just like, Ridley, like you got, we've got to get, we've got, we've got match points to, to deal with. But, um, you know, like I know that it's sort of, um, it hasn't stopped in terms of the thought process about how what we do next and what comes with this Genesis um, uh, token and, and how we kind of deliver more on it um, moving forward, which is a really nice thing to, to be able to consider um, so quickly as well. Well, I mean, two things. First of all, you're just by your voice, I can tell you can definitely be a Spartan or like a Leonidas type of person. Um, that's for sure. And then, are you in a jungle? <laughs> like, you're in a jungle, just by the background noises. No, that's and that's just all of Australia, Sanan. Um, that's just <laughs> it's just a one big <laughs> jungle just so far. So, it sounds like a palm app, like at the background. Right. <laughs> Hopefully that's too loud, guys. I'm coming back in. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Love it. Cool. Um, I think that's basically all of it, Adam. Really, anything else you wanted to chat about? I think feel free to do uh, as we close. But I don't want to take much of your time. I know we're scheduled for thirty, and I want to be I want to be respectful of time. But I think we've covered everything. I think it's this has been super interesting and informative i have open in front of me i'm going to keep looking at these ao balls i think they're really cool might might get one i even though i'm far away from australia not financial um, advice no no <laughs> thank you um hey yeah, adam did so you much. want to talk before we go did you want to talk about the closing party in central land just give us a bit of a hype for that or i could <laughs> Will it come full with uh, with rainforest and, and nature sounds? <laughs> no, like you, <laughs> you better come. I mean, look, I think that's that's the way you can get me there. Is if you have that type of ambiance, I'll feel like you know I'll throw on my VR goggles and really feel like I'm 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 there. You know, the whole experience of Australia. It's great. <laughs> We're meant to be ganging up on Ridley, not me. <laughs> um, but um. <laughs> I think the um, we can touch if you've got like quickly five minutes we can touch on the actual virtual experience in Central Land for those that haven't been able to get access to it or haven't logged in just yet it's it's you know like um, I saw a video that Ridley did yesterday with the um, Medicaid holders um, which uh, were a collaborator on the project um, they've been doing like daily updates about where the match points have been landing and different interviews from the AO and you know, sort of continuing to bridge that gap between the NFT community and, and what we've been doing. Um, but the, I think, really, if you can give a quick update on, on what Decentraland was in terms of the offering and then it kind of leads it right into the closing party of, you know, what we're doing as well in terms of a live stream, it's a quick five minutes and I think it's worth it considering that um, there's a video up online at the moment that does like a, Ridley's walking through the precinct uh, and then, the Medicare guys are matching it up to how it looks in Central End and like is a crazy, crazy one-to-one scale in very many ways. So it's like, um, I think it's worth quickly just discussing the fact that you had all this access to the cameras and the broadcast streams and what you've been able to then bring into a virtual experience. Whilst, uh, Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Really also, we can send that video for you if it's like on your, web, on your account somewhere. <clears throat> Yeah, I think yeah. Um, that'll be on the. I think it's on the. If it hasn't been uploaded yet, it'll be coming on to the MetaKey no. 
It's online. Channel. It is. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 I'll um. I'll, I'll flick it over to them now. Yeah, we'll get the the team all over that. The um. Yeah. So obviously, I, I mentioned at the very start of the call that it's it's hard enough to get to Melbourne at uh, in normal times, let alone um with border closures and travel restrictions and the challenges that we have now. So we've played around a little bit in the past with virtual reality and, and having 360 degree cameras on court that people can, can log in and have a look at. Um, but we felt like we sort of wanted to push into this, this more of a metaverse space and, and we wanted to, to build on a decentralized platform. And that's why we chose Decentraland. Um, They've also got an audience base, and I think the decision was quite easy for us to go with Decentraland because of the speed that we knew that they could work at. So we worked with, um, and I have to give James and the team at Vegas City a big shout out because they were incredible in in building what is a huge precinct at Melbourne Park. So where the precinct is about two kilometres long. Um, what's that? Uh, nearly nearly a mile for or over a mile so one and a half miles or close to one and a half miles for our american friends um so it's, it's a huge space and we chose to pick sort of the the five or six most uh, heavily populated areas of the precinct to then rebuild in decentraland and then create gamification and and give that sort of voyeuristic look into the ao so we've got 300 cameras on site so we can access a proportion of those and actually pipe them onto the screens in Decentraland. So people that are logging in can see things on the screen in real time. It's live footage that's coming from Melbourne uh, and they can see things that the general public that are at the event can't see. And they're getting, they're getting access to cameras that are not shown on broadcast as well. So we wanted to sort of create this voyeuristic look and, and then give the gamification element of being at the AO because in real life, you can come multiple times and still see new things. There's this real air of surprise and delight with the event that when you walk in the gate for the first time, you don't know what to expect. And then when you come back the next time, you can experience something completely different as well. So we wanted to create that as well. And we've got 14 days of, of entertainment. So we thought the first thing we need to do is provide 14 days worth of entertainment for for Decentraland um, guests as well. And that comes in the form of POAP collections and gamification and treasure hunts and and then 50 years of archive footage. So throughout the, the two weeks of the tournament, you can jump into Garden Square, which is one of our most popular sort of viewing precincts at the, at the tennis and basically watch footage from the 70s or 80s, 90s, noughties, 10s, 20s of of classic matches of years gone by. So it was really important to us that if someone logged in at any one point over the two weeks into Decentraland, they wouldn't see the same thing twice. And I think we've, we've done a great job of achieving that. Um, the DCL team, the, um, the Run It Wild team and Vegas City, yeah, have been unbelievable in, in achieving that. And I think, yeah, you guys, for everyone on the call, go and have a look at the meta key streams that they've been doing daily for the tournament. Um, Michael who hosts those is fantastic. They've got Marcus Danielle, who's one of the players who's been playing in the AO. He's a meta key holder. So they've had him on online sort of uh, assessing the match points and what's happening. And then obviously yesterday we did the, the walkthrough of, of IRL versus DCL. And it's pretty cool to see how it's been re-represented uh, virtually. Amazing. That's fascinating. 
Yeah, I mean, it's mind-blowing stuff. The more I look at it, it's more intriguing. Um, thank you so much. I mean, Sarah, also let us know anything we missed. But Yeah, well, I... we, we've got a closing party that's starting at uh, 3 p.m. on Sunday, PST, uh, 6 p.m. EST. We'd love anyone uh, that's on this call to join us. We've got some incredible artists. How can we join? DJ- uh, yeah, so we're going to be a follow up, follow at AO Metaverse. We're going to be dropping some announcements today with the event link. Um, but essentially, it's dialing into event an event space in Decentraland. Um, we've got some amazing artists um, confirmed, which are DJ Tiger Lily, who is an international um, legend, producer, and D- and DJ. Um, joining as well as masked wolf who's who's an australian rapper and hopefully we're going to have another announcement on that bill really soon um so yeah please join us it's going to be a bit of a party uh, if you don't know the australian culture or you haven't met an australian um you will know that we love a good party so it's <laughs> going to be good vibes Are you kidding me? Was that deliberate? Oh, absolutely. Like, oh my god, my mind was just oh my god, my mind was just blown. Here I am thinking like I've got the bird ambience going on in the background. Oh. Really trump that dude. That's so good. It's like, yeah, sorry, I just walked on stage in a st- stadium full of people just like applauding me. Yeah, it's it's whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, my mind cool. is blown at 7.40 in the morning. That's <laughs> I've never experienced that. <laughs> so good. It's so fun. <laughs> we try to bring the third degree uh, of Twitter space. Oh, for sure. That you've never seen. Oh, yeah. It's great. I don't it's think great. you guys know how much I actually just enjoyed that. was fantastic. <laughs> oh, that was so good, Nick. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. I say it. it was such a serious conversation about all the details. Like I feel like I I don't want to like interrupt the conversation because it was some great information being put out, you know, but I mean we can move around <laughs> at other time, points in the conversation for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think on Sarah's point, like, you know, we've got these virtual events and you know, it, to put on a, a like a closing party of sorts is only, you know, closing one chapter of what the AO are doing and there's so much more that's coming. It's so exciting to be able to explore this with them and, you know, what we've been able to sort of set in terms of a benchmark and a precedent, um, you know, is, you know, it's just, it's kind of mind blowing where we can go next, which is um, super inspiring to be able to work on a, on the project like this. So, um, you know, stay tuned, follow the AO metaverse. And I'm sure this might be the last time we got, you know, we're all chatting about what, what we're doing. Love it. I mean, I have family in Australia. Next time, if I come, I'll hit you guys up. And if you guys come to New York, you guys do, man. Um, It was super fun to learn all about this. And I hope it was as fun for people who uh, were listening. Nick, why don't we turn the music up and then you give the poet once more time for anybody who missed it. And then we thank um, Adam Ridley and Sarah. And then we'll close it out. And I'll let James do that after you give out the poet. Sure thing. So, again, the POAP for today is, and again, you'll need to have the POAP app on your phone. You can't redeem this on your computer. You'll have to do it on your phone. It is the future of tennis. 
the future of tennis, all lowercase. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Hi, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check out every single live Twitter space on our Twitter at 1.37 p.m.